Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, August 5th, 2018, on the basis of Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. August 21st, 2008, was supposed to be the day on which Daniel Cormier got to do what he had been dreaming about for his entire life. Instead, it was a day that he spent lying in a hospital, recovering from life-threatening complications to his health, complications that he himself was responsible for. See, Daniel Cormier was a wrestler on Team USA as part of the 2008 Beijing Olympics. And in order to make the 221-pound weight limit for the division in which he was competing, he used some of the very extreme and incredibly dangerous tactics that sometimes wrestlers use in order to drop significant pounds in a very short period of time. It worked. He made weight. But shortly thereafter, his body just completely shut down. And so he spent the very next day, not rolling around on a wrestling mat, but lying on his back in a hospital bed as the Olympics went on without him. Maybe you know that he's not alone. Many wrestlers, boxers, MMA fighters use some of those extreme and, in many cases, life-threatening tactics to try and drop pounds quickly in order to make weight. Why? Well, there's a lot of pressure to do so. Olympic gold medals and championship belts, and in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars depend on it. Now, maybe you've never been in a situation quite like that. Maybe some of you were high school wrestlers and knew what it was like to try and make weight. But but I'm guessing that all of us, to some degree or another, have stepped on a scale and felt a little bit of that pressure anxiously waiting to see what it's going to say. And if that's the case, then maybe when we hear what Paul says to us in these verses from Ephesians chapter 4, we're not going to like it very much. You see, these verses at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 4 sort of mark a very important transition in this book of the Bible. In chapters 1 through 3, Paul had gone on at great length and in beautiful detail about everything that God has done for us and everything that he has declared us to be through the work of our Savior, Christ Jesus. And now here, right at the beginning of chapter 4, Paul says, live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have received. The, The picture behind that word worthy is that of a scale. Paul is saying, on the one hand, over on this side, here's everything that God has done for you in Christ Jesus. And now you, here over on the other side, live a life that measures up. Live a life that balances with. Live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have received. And then Paul is going to spend the next three chapters, and we are going to spend the next three weeks of this series, talking about all of the different ways in which God wants us to do that. But I have to tell you, as I began to study just these initial verses that talk about how God wants us to do that, and especially the part of the verses that talk specifically about pastors, I already started to feel a little bit of that pressure. I looked at what Paul had to say, 
the ways in which he wants us to, to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. And then I, I stepped on the scale to see if my life really measured up. And already, I kind of wanted to look away. I didn't like what I saw. And I'm guessing that at some point as we go through these verses this morning, you're going to feel exactly the same way. And so even as we get started with these opening verses of this second half of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we need to remember where we've been. We need to remember where we stand. We need to remember that no matter how we measure up to these standards that God sets in these verses, none of what Paul has said in chapters 1 through 3 is in any way nullified. Everything that God has done for us, everything that he has declared us to be, still stands up. In other words, as we look at living a life that is worthy of, that measures up with the calling that we have received, here's Here's the good news that we need to remember, that when the body of Christ, when Christ's church steps on the scale, the pressure of making weight has already been taken off. So, how does Paul want us to live a life worthy of, one that measures up to the calling that we have received? Well, in the opening part of these verses, he's really picking up on something that we already heard about in chapter 2, something that Vicar Hayes preached about last week. Paul says that because Jesus Christ has united each and every one of us as individuals with God, he has also united each and every one of us with each other. We have been made members of one body. The peace that we have with God is sort of like a bonding agent that just like your skin and your tendons and your ligaments, it takes all of the different parts of the body and brings them together as one perfect and united whole. So what does it look like to live a life that that measures up with that calling as one united body of Christ? Well, Paul says, first of all, make every effort to keep that unity. He says, be completely humble and gentle with one another. He says, be patient with one another, bearing with each other in love. Paul wants us to view and treat the other members of the body of Christ the the very same way that the the parts of our body would view and treat one another. Let me ask, how many many righties do we have in the room today? If your right hand is a little bit stronger than your left hand, do you think your right hand sort of gets all puffed up and arrogant about that and sort of leaves the left hand to just fend for itself? No, the reality, of course, is that, that just the opposite takes place. The right hand with its superior strength actually lends support to its weaker counterpart in the body. Let me ask if there's a part of your body that isn't working quite right or maybe is injured. Does the rest of the body get annoyed with it? Does the rest of the body wish as though it were just cut off and and never came back? Probably not. In fact, just the opposite, right? You know that if you sprain your right ankle... Probably the entire left side of your body is actually going to compensate for that, even though the left side of your body is probably going to end up hurting as a result of that compensation. In the very same way within the church, within the body of Christ, what does this look like? Well, if there's someone who, say, knows their Bible backward and forward, it looks like that person not in any way being, being proud about that, but being completely humble being eager to help other people learn as much as they know rather than lording it over them. Let's say there's someone who takes every opportunity to get involved in whatever way that she can and participate in every activity available, and then she looks around and sees other people who just don't really seem to care as much. 
it looks like her being gentle, patient, rather than jumping to conclusions or passing judgment. If there are kids in the room that get a little bit rambunctious and sometimes make it hard to pay attention, it looks like the rest of us, willingly and gladly bearing the extra burden that it takes to stay focused and pay attention rather than expecting them to bear that burden. And of course, all the while rejoicing that the next generation is hearing and learning about Jesus. When one part of the body is hurting, it looks like the rest of us hurting with them. When one part of the body is glad, it looks like the rest of us rejoicing with them. When one part of the body is sort of limping along through life, it looks like someone else running to their side to prop them up with their own weight. Friends, in Jesus Christ, God has called us to be part of one body. Live a life that is worthy of, that balances with, that measures up to that calling. That's the first way in which Paul wants us to do that. There's a second way. Not only has God called us to be part of one body, he's called us to be part of a body that has many different parts. Not only has God given us each unique gifts, he's given us different talents and skills, he's given us different temperaments and personalities, so also God has set us free to be able to use those gifts and those abilities in the very same way that he would. Not to be served, but to serve for the good of the body as a whole. Recently I heard the story of a man by the name of Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith was a young politician whose star was was sort of on the rise. He was a state senator in the state of Missouri, and he had big aspirations of being part of the U.S. Congress someday. But then suddenly Jeff Smith found himself as part of a brand new social circle, one that was very different from the one in which he had grown accustomed to, but a, a social circle in which he saw people who had all of the entrepreneurial instincts all of the business savvy, in fact, in some ways that were far superior to anyone that he had ever known before, people who had all of the intelligence and all of the skills of someone who was pursuing an MBA at Harvard Business School. And Jeff Smith saw all of these people and witnessed all of these gifts and skills in federal prison. See, Jeff Smith committed what we might call white-collar crime, and he was sentenced to a year in a federal penitentiary. And while he was there, he witnessed the incredible complexity of prison economy and the incredible skill and intelligence of the people who were able to thrive under it. He was amazed at what he saw. And yet, of course, he also saw that when he got out and when some of them got out, very few of them, if any of them at all, ever had an opportunity to put those same skills, those same gifts to use in the regular world, because no matter where they went, no matter what job they might have applied for, they, of course, carried with them that label, ex-convict. What Paul is talking about in these verses sort of reminds me of that. God has given us each incredible gifts and incredible abilities, but by nature we were imprisoned to only be able to use those gifts and abilities in one way, in service to ourselves. But Paul says that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he took all of those things that held us captive and he took them captive, setting us free. Setting us free to be able to use those gifts for the good of the body. Paul says 
that God also, that Jesus also appointed within the church specific leaders. This is the part where he talks specifically about pastors to identify, to encourage, to direct those gifts for the good of the whole body. So how does it look for the body of Christ to live a life that is worthy of the calling that they've received? Well, it looks like a group of people who has been set free from using their time, using their talents, using their personality only to get. It looks like people who know that they already have everything that they've ever wanted in Christ Jesus, and so they are set free to use those gifts to give and to serve. It looks like people who have been set free from the slavery of using our time and our talents to pursue only things like wealth or comfort or status or power because we know that those things vanish in a heartbeat. It sets us free for the joy of being able to use all of those things for things that last into eternity. Friends, God has called you to be a part of a body that has many different parts. He has set you free from the prison of using those only for yourselves, and he has set you free for the joy of using them in service to others. Live a life that is worthy of, that balances with, that measures up to that calling that you have received. So it's time to step on the scale. What does it look like? Do you make weight? Are you happy with what you see? I warned you before that as, as Paul holds up, for these, these, holds up for us these standards of the life that God would want us to live, there's a lot that we see here. There's a lot that I see here that I don't want to see. With no effort at all, we come to the conclusion that, that we have not lived up to the standards that God has set. We know what that scale says, and it isn't pretty. And so again, that's, that's why we need to remember where we've been. That's why we need to remember where we stand. None of what Paul said in Ephesians chapter, chapters 1 through 3 is in any way changed by whether or not we make weight. None of those blessings are dependent on our ability to live up to these measurements. All of those blessings have already been secured by Christ's ability to live up to these measures perfectly for us. None of these things, none of those blessings is a a reward for our good behavior, but all of them are a free gift in spite of our bad behavior. When the body of Christ steps on the scale, the pressure of making weight has already been taken off. In fact, notice how Paul finishes up this section. He doesn't say that doing or not doing these things is really what makes us or or breaks us in terms of being the body of Christ. These aren't the things that make the difference between us being Christ's body or not being Christ's body. They simply make the difference between us being a body of Christ that is still in infancy or one that is ever growing toward maturity. It's no wonder Paul wants us to do these things. If If someone remained in infancy their entire life, they would constantly be vulnerable and helpless. And in the very same way, Paul says that if we as a body of Christ remain in infancy, we're going to be tossed back and forth. We are going to be helpless to stand up against whatever direction the devil's lies might be blowing at the moment. And so it's no wonder that maturity is something to strive for. Maturity is important, but 
but not for God's sake, not to earn his blessings, really, really for our sake, for our benefit. When we step on that scale, the pressure of making weight has already been taken off. And so let's make a deal. Let's continue to work at this. As, as eagerly and as strenuously as Paul describes in these verses, just like the Apostle Paul, I will continue to urge you to live a life that is worthy of the calling that you've received. And, and all of us together will work at working as hard as we possibly can to keep the unity to which we have been called. But again, not for God's benefit, only for ours. Not to make weight with God or earn his approval, but because we already have. God has already declared us to be everything that he created us to be in Christ Jesus. When the body of Christ steps on the scale, the pressure of making weight has already been taken off. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.